everybody, this is Terrell, and this is episode 16 of the Always Relevant Podcast. Once again, we have Dane DeMeo on. He's going to come on here, and we're going to discuss the Houston Astros stealing signs and the controversy that falls out from it. Um, the national championship between LSU and Clemson, uh, the NFL divisional playoff rounds, and also our picks for the NFL conference championships. Uh, we'll also make our picks for the UFC fight, uh, Conor McGregor versus Cowboy Cerrone. So we'll probably talk about a few other things as well. But like I said, it's been good to have him on the show. Uh, hope everybody comes, tunes in and listens to us as always. So we appreciate it, and um, we'll talk to you soon. Enjoy the show. Hey everybody, this is Terrell Cummings. You're here for episode 16 of the Always Relevant Podcast. Glad everybody's here. Glad everybody's listening, all three of you. Definitely appreciate it. Uh, I've got a special guest on today, Dane DeMail. He's going to be making a uh, third appearance on the show. He'll be on after a bit. Uh, we're going to get through some things first, though. Um, we're going to go ahead and ask my normal question. How are you and how are you really? You know, how am I overall? Uh, I'm doing all right. Uh, kids are finally over being sick, but Copeland is not sleeping through the night. Therefore, I'm not sleeping through the night. So there are some tired times. Luckily, Elena's sister came in town. Uh, she's been able to help the kids. I'll be able to get a little bit of sleep. So that's been helpful overall. That busy at work, but being busy at work is good when you are part of a small business. So uh, busy is good, even though it's busy, but it's good. So I'm not complaining about that. Overall, no complaints. Uh, pretty solid week. Uh, trying to really uh, think about pushing that that workout routine a little bit. So I was like, all right, I've been lazy long enough. Oh, I can't blame it on on the the baby anymore. You know, I don't get sleep, but that's really no excuse. So trying to get back into it. So I'll keep you updated on my journey there. So there it is. How am I? How am I really overall? I'm actually really doing all right. No complaints. So um, my sports weekend, we won't get in too much. West Carroll boys basketball, they're still doing all right. They're seven to four overall. Um, let's see. Hanover College basketball, they're 11 to three, holding it down like I figured they would. They're normally pretty solid overall. So no complaints there. Uh, Michigan basketball, they're 11 and five. Uh, they actually, I think, just lost last night to Iowa. So they might be 11 and six now. So. I worry about them a little bit. They got off to a really strong start, but now they're heading to big, the, the Big Ten schedule, and, you know, that's just a, a bear to go through. So um, I hope they can make the tournament. I know Juwan Howard has them battling. They hadn't had their best player for a while. So uh, we'll see what happens overall. And then University of Dayton well, – I'm sorry, Michigan was ranked 19th overall. Uh, they're probably going to drop out of top 25 or something. So. But University of Dayton, they won last night. Uh, they were 14-2 overall. I think now they're 15-2. and they won, I think they won in overtime, so uh, I didn't get a chance to watch the game, but everybody seemed pretty excited about it afterwards. So uh, glad for them. They were ranked number 11 in the country, so that's kind of cool um, seeing Dayton you know, move up the ladder, get a little respect there, and I think they're actually starting to get some top-tier recruits. They have Obi Toppin there, and I know a lot of other kids that go on visits there, they realize that Dayton isn't just some small school with some small gym. Like They have a large gym. They pack it out. Every week or every game is sold out, so there's over 10,000 people in their gym. And even if the kids are on break, doesn't matter. The gym is still packed. 
and I think it's actually a special place to play. So look out for Dayton. They're coming down the line. So that's that's my sports weekend. Those are my teams. That's what's going on. I think we hear Dane on the line. Dane, what's going on, dude? Oh, well, nothing much. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing all right. Just hanging out this morning, having good times. Gonna get through this and get some food because I haven't eaten yet this morning. I'm hungry. <laughs> there you go. So. Yeah, uh, yeah. Good to be on. No news on LeBron coming back. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, a lot of butt smacking going on in Cleveland. Yeah, uh, you know, Tristan Thompson, OBJ. I mean, it seems to be a trend with those guys, and they get in trouble for it too. Yeah. So. Yeah, only in Cleveland can you get in trouble for smacking, uh, smacking a behind. So right. for uh, doing a good job on the court or football field, but it's interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. I don't know. I guess he's trying to the referees or I guess police are trying to get a get a hold of I guess keep control of the situation. So I don't I don't really know as far as that whole thing, but. We, we'll, we'll get into the OBJ in a little bit when we talk about the national championship, but I know you've probably been checking the news and seeing everything with, like, the Houston Astros and the ceiling signs controversy and the fallout from it. Man, what do you think about all that, man? Like, I guess I guess we should give a recap of the whole situation, right? Well, yeah. I mean, it's crazy that we're talking about baseball in uh, January. Right. Uh, Maybe they kind of like the attention, you know. It's kind of like the NBA has been able to keep attention year-round. But so basically we have a bunch of people in trouble on the Houston Astros or were on the Houston Astros. They were using a center field camera that was used for the telecast, actually, to watch catcher signs. And then when they seen the signs, they would bang on a trash can to tell the hitter what pitch was coming. Right. I mean, so, it's it's the old adage, you know, in baseball, like, I feel like in baseball, you're always trying to steal signs. You're always trying to – in baseball, they're always trying to get the advantage, whether the pitcher is spitting on the ball, scuffing the ball, the hitters or the batters using cork bats, you know, the having pine tar higher up the handle than what they're supposed to. You know, there's always something in baseball where they're trying to get an edge in the rules – but I also feel baseball is like they have like the unwritten rules of baseball and then they feel like they, they have the highest moral compass when it comes to their sport. So, you know, I don't know how I feel about it overall. Like I said, as far as actual sign stealing, I'm not bothered by it. Well, it's probably what I probably be, what I'm probably bothered by most would be the technology that was used for it. Um, because with that, it kind of does make it easier to be able to truly, you know, hone in on their signs and figure out their, their signals and their indicators and all that. And um, you can't gain advantage from that, the tech, from the technology aspect, especially if the home team. And that definitely puts the other team at a disadvantage. Now, if there's just players on the field and there's a guy on second base and he picks up the signs that the catcher's, uh, that the catcher's flashing the pitcher and he figures it out, I think that's fair game. But the fact that they use technology on it and they had a, an unfair advantage to gain that knowledge, I think that's where the biggest issue is for me. Um, yeah, yeah, and I agree. And then it's interesting because the players actually created this system, and it was supposedly going on before the uh, GM and manager started with Houston. Right. So there was a lot of fallout from this, but obviously none of the players were punished. So what I what I've seen online is there's a discussion going to happen between the owners and players that's going to 
basically include punishment for players in the future and the players that are behind it. Um, so it, it's definitely coming. And basically Major League Baseball is saying you cannot use technology or you will be punished severely. Right. Because the Astros are losing a lot of draft picks and, you know, people are getting fired. So, But people, you know, are, people, are, are, people are still mad that, um, that the Astros won't lose the, the world the World Series championship though. They're still they, some people think they should lose the rings as far as that. I, I don't think you can take the rings from them. I mean they won the game. Uh I mean and I always say too like if you played for the team that lost and they award you the championship, do you really feel better about it? I know I wouldn't even right. if they were cheating. Some people would and justify, yeah, I got the trophy. I don't think you can change that. Uh, it's dumb. It's like when in college football they take wins away from programs. That's uh, really kind of stupid. Yeah. You know, take scholarships, take other stuff. But, you know, don't take 200 wins because of something. It doesn't make – it just really doesn't make any sense, you know. Right. So, yeah, but, I mean, this was severe. I mean, Jim Crane, the Houston owner, he fired the manager, A.J. Hinch. He fired the GM, Jeff Lundo, and they just won a World Series. You know, a year ago, uh, Alex Cora just won a World Series with the Red Sox. He was the bench coach in 2017 with the Astros. He got fired by the Red Sox. And then the most recent one was Beltran, who played for the Astros as a player was let go as the Mets manager. Right. Now, it, it's interesting that the owner of the Astros, like, he's like, he, he, he knew that A.J. Hinch and the GM, they didn't start this whole situation, the whole system. But once they found out about it, they didn't do anything to put a stop to it. So that's why they got fired. And he fired them immediately as far as doing that. You know, it's and it was yeah. Alex Cora. Alex Cora, I guess, he was one of the creators of the whole system, allegedly. So it's hard not to you know implicate him in the whole situation. Now, as far as Beltran, I mean, he was a player at that point in time. So did, did they ask him to to resign, or did they actually fire him? The Mets. I think they mutually agreed to part. Right. I guess they. So it's just the PR yeah. night. It was probably it would probably have been a PR nightmare in New York. If it was like another city, I think they probably could have gotten by with it. Because he was a player, and no other players are getting uh, fined or um, suspended because of it. I think probably because they're protected by a players' union. But the fact that he's now a coach, and he's probably he's, he's one of the ones that sounds like they're orchestrated. The one of the orchestrators behind it as well. I mean, he's probably just stepping down. They're probably just mutually side to part ways. But I don't know, man. But this goes to a deeper thing, though, because. You know, players are getting in trouble for stuff all the time. You know, taxes, domestic violence, all kinds of stuff. Right. But the problem is when you do stuff like this or gamble like Pete Rose did, you're violating the integrity of the game. And once you violate the integrity of the game, it ruins it. Because if you don't believe that the game is fair – you might as well just watch a sitcom or something like I was watching Bob Costas talking about this. And he says, if you don't believe in the integrity of the game and you believe it's fixed, he goes, you might as well go watch WWE. Right. So, right. And, yeah. and it's funny because you bring you bring up WWE and like, I had an argument with somebody because they're saying that WWE is a sport. 
I'm like, no, it is not. Because now, the guys that are that wrestle in WWE, WWE, they are very athletic. I consider them athletes. But I don't consider it a sport because the outcome is predetermined and it's an act. And maybe the outcome isn't predetermined and they decide during the match, but still, it's an act. It's not real. Like, as much Correct. as much the physical stuff, the physicality that takes place within it, I still think there's some sort of decision made, all right, this team's going to win or that team's going to win. I'm sure other people say, well, it's like that in other sports too. You know, it, not in the same way, though. Not at all. But, yeah, you're right, though. Mm-hmm. If it was – if it was – if I thought they were cheating, like, I wouldn't have interest in it. It just, I just wouldn't, you know. And then you also have the uh, elephant in the room that you can't specifically talk about. But when there's cheating going on with all the gambling that goes on and all the money changing hands, that's a massive problem. Right. They can't come out and say, but at the end of the day, sports is here because of the money it generates, right. particularly on the gambling side. And you start violating the integrity of the game from that standpoint. Also, you have major problems. Right. No, that, that's that's true. That's true. Like, it's, it's crazy the situation that they're in. It's crazy the fallout's happening from it. And it's all because Mike Fears, former Astro, decided to just, you know, drop the ball and spill the beans on everything. Like, as a teammate, like, even if I thought something was going wrong and I didn't agree with it, like, I might address the team about it. I might address uh, certain players about it. But I'm not going to sit there and air the dirty laundry of the team to the media or whoever else. Now, I don't know if he was just salty because next year he was with a different team and he got blasted by him or whatever, but he, I thought that was I thought that was wrong on his part to just, you know, put it, put the stuff out there. You know, it reminds me of, like, D'Angelo Russell saying whatever about Nick Young and all his infidelities when he was with Iggy Azalea. Like, you might not agree with it. You might have thought you were funny putting it out there on social media like that, but as a teammate, you keep that in-house and you don't bring anything up like that. You don't, you don't put someone on blast like that you know, for, for doing whatever it is that they're doing, you know, in my opinion, I just stay out of it. And just like this, you know, this situation, like I stay out of it and I wouldn't. Well, you know what the situation's kind of like, it's kind of like when Jose Canseco blew up the steroid talk, you know, and no one said nothing. Everybody knew what was going on and Jose Canseco comes out and brings it to the public and it really affected baseball. Right. Right. So this is kind of a similar thing. I mean, I'd like to know who knew what. Did Jim Crane knew that the owner of the Astros know this was going on? How did the commissioner know this kind of cheating was going on? Because now they're saying they did an investigation. There's eight other teams that they found out had different schemes that weren't as successful. Right. But they're finding other stuff out there. So I want to know who knew what. And just because this guy comes out and says something, you know, if this stuff was going on, you got to think baseball knew about it. Right. Well, I mean, and you could you contribute that to any other sport. You contribute to college basketball and the recruiting practices by all these big programs. Like, whatever happened at Louisville, what Rick Pitino got in trouble for and everything, do you really think that that doesn't happen at almost well over 50% of all Division I schools out there? At least, at least the large conference Division One schools getting large players. That something to that effect is happening with a bringing in – whether it's, you know, females or strippers or whatever it is to bring a kid onto the team. Like, I, I'm i not surprised by any of that that happened. And I just wonder if it's, like, the unwritten rule or just no one talks about it, no one brings it up or whatever until something happens where they have to bring it up. So, like I said, baseball well, – I, I bet you baseball probably knew about it. 
You say what? Yeah, I think baseball knew about it. Yeah. And like I said, it just happens in college when they bring it up for specific schools because it's a little different because the schools are all kind of individual. Right. You know what I mean? Like in baseball, like it's one organization, one union. Yeah, uh, true, true. But, you know, individual schools, like you had the issues at the Mississippi colleges. Uh, right. You know, all kinds of stuff like that. You had the Louisville, you had this Adidas basketball scam where Adidas was paying players to go to certain schools that were sponsored by Adidas, and people are going to jail for that. Right. But that, so, that all starts back at AAU, though, you know, before these kids are even in school. And that's getting to a whole other topic that we'll have to, <laughs> we'll have to get at, at another time, but – Overall, yeah, I mean, bring it back. Baseball, I think baseball knew about it. I just think they didn't want to have the media firestorm that it is, you know, because obviously I think more than one team is trying to figure out ways to utilize technology to cheat, you know. And it's, it, I don't know, I think it happens in football too. Obviously, Patriots got in trouble for spying on the Bengals during the Bengals Browns game as far as using yeah, that I technology. Yeah, a book when he's done that's just how do you cheat to win? Because I'd love to read it. Because Belichick is the king cheat out there. Yeah, if, even though he's the best coach ever. If if there's a way to slide by the rules, the Patriots are probably doing it for sure, and they probably figure out how to do it. And if they can bend the rules, and you know, basically, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. That's the Patriots, the Patriot way, is what it seems like. But you know, there's not specific rules about it, or if it's a a lesser known rule, then you know, I'm not surprised that they tried it out. But uh, oh no, and I just and then go back to the baseball thing, like you know, the baseball's all in an uproar that this was going on. Don't play that game with everybody, you know, that like wow, we didn't know this was going on, you know, no one's buying it. Right. So right. No, I, I agree hundred percent. I, I think I think people knew and they just had to do something about it because it was brought out to the public. And so the owner acted swiftly. I mean, they lost like what first and second round picks of the 2020 and uh, the 2021 and 2022 drafts. And what they got fined like $5 million. It was a $5 million, which for an, uh, an owner of a in major league baseball team, that's like 10 bucks, you know, <laughs> he's not. Yeah. He's, for the Houston Astros owner specifically, yeah. he's uh, extra wealthy. Yeah. So he's not worried about that, you know, but they, they had to do something. But I mean, what really, what punishment really fits that crime? I don't know. So obviously, the next CBA, it's going to be written into it. I'm sure, you know, and to try to they 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 want to try to keep the integrity of the game, but there's always something one way or another where they try to, where baseball players, baseball teams, they try to push the limits on um, on you know on the games. So. At the end of the day, they still won the rings. And they went back to another World Series. They can't do nothing about that now. Nope. So not at all. It already happened. They can they can just try to they can try to keep it um, chill going forward. Hold on, my son Caden is asking me something. What's up, buddy? I'm middle of the podcast. What's going on? Copeland is not down here. She's with mommy or Auntie KK. Sorry, buddy. All right, we're back. You might as well hold on. I know. Well, sometimes he'll he'll get on, but like he won't say anything. He'll just listen, or whatever. As we're going through it, I was going to make sure he wasn't talking in all the different points that we were making. But I don't mind him being on. I think it's funny when he's on. 
we'll see how much he likes to talk. He'll get super shy at that point because he knows he's he's talking to something or whatever. And I was listening back to one of the podcasts just trying to hear what it was. He's like, is that you? I'm like, yeah. Is that, is that your podcast? I'm like, yeah. He's like, okay. I'm like, do you like it? He's like, yeah. I just started laughing. I'm like, you're not even paying attention to half the stuff being said, dude. So. <laughs> nice. But, yeah, I don't know. Overall, though, with, you know, the Astros and baseball, like I said, it is what it is. They won a World Series. They went back to a second World Series. They have a young nucleus. They drafted well. They can't take that away from, from them, you know. We'll see what happens with the new GM and new coach, see what changes going forward, you know. I think the funny thing would be is that they went back and they went back to the World Series this year, you know. Yeah. Uh, like I said, everybody that probably had their own system is probably hiding it or they're already looking to do something new. Right. So yeah. we'll see what happens. It's not like they're going to stop trying to steal signs. They're just going to find a different way to do it. You know, that's all that is. Nothing's changed there. You're always trying to steal the other team's signs. And you are you try to do that when you are in the fifth grade playing baseball, trying to steal signs. That's just – that's what it is, <laughs> you know. That's part of the game. The, <laughs> You've seen it. Why all that noise? They just don't want you using technology to do it. They want you doing it the old school way. Right. You see blatantly like in the Little League World Series where kids on second base and the catcher gives a signal and the kid on second base goes up a two like it's a curveball coming your way. Be ready. Or one, it's a fastball. And, you know, it's blatant. But, I mean, kids are stealing signs early in the baseball mm-hmm. game. They understand that they can get an advantage doing that. So it's always going to be part of the game. Major League Baseball is just saying don't use technology to do it. Yep. Yeah, I mean, we'll see as technology keeps getting better and better, you know, if they're able to truly track that and figure it out without having whistleblowers like Mike Fears. So, all right. I think it's like in every professional sports league, they look the other way till somebody whistleblows it. So, yeah. We'll see what happens. Yeah, no, I agree there. I agree 100%. Um, all right, so this past this past Monday had a national championship, uh, Clemson against LSU. And LSU, they came out and they got that win. You know, I didn't write down the final score. But it seemed like it was close in the first half. And then, you know, especially the first quarter. And I thought it was going to be a good game all the way through. But LSU figured out, um, I guess, the different looks that Clemson was giving them. And Clemson's cornering back, Clemson's cornerbacks, they weren't as good as I thought they would be against LSU's receivers. LSU's receivers definitely had the upper hand against them, and it showed over time. And Joe Burrow had a field day after a while. So, and what do you think about that? Yeah, yeah I mean, LSU won 42-25. Clemson came out strong. Uh, Clemson's defense is obviously tough. I don't think they were as talented at the corner position as Ohio State did, who gave, you know, Cle- LSU a little trouble. Right. I mean, Clemson a little trouble. Uh, but, you know, look at this. You know, I thought this big difference came down to the quarterback, really. Yeah. Uh, Trevor Lawrence was not not his best. He was missing guys, uh, if you watch real closely. Right. And he only had 234 yards, and there was plays there to be made. You know, he ended up with a QBR at only 65.6. And, you know, he uh, he only had 49 rush yards, and his legs is what carried him past Ohio State. So, very pedestrian game, and I think the biggest 
mark is zero touchdowns. So now, do you think for him that it's different because he's a, he is a true sophomore? Like literally, dude might be twenty years old. You know, just the the mental I'm aspect sure. of it. He won the championship last year, so I mean he's been there. Uh, he's got a lot of talent, and like I said, when you're when you look at how good Burroughs plays, so you look at Burroughs' numbers, they're they're outstanding. Four hundred sixty three yards, five touchdowns, ninety seven point five rating, and fifty eight rush. But if you actually watch the game, and there's no doubt that they have fantastic receivers, but yeah. he puts the ball on the money. right. That first touchdown to Jamar, you see that first time the touchdown to Jamar Chase, but he was covered pretty good, yeah. and he he threw it right in there, like right over the corner's shoulder, in the dude's hands, like didn't even break stride. You know what I mean? Like, and he even said yeah. like, if it's one on one coverage, it's like, hey, and it's one on one coverage, it's like I trust my guys, I'm throwing it, I'm putting where they can get it. You know, like, and you know what they they're gonna win a lot of them 50-50 balls. But what he does is he puts it a lot of times only where his receiver can get it. And to me, his deep ball is what's impressive because his receivers don't even have to break stride. Right. They know what shoulder to look over because he's going to throw it where the defender can't get it. Right. It, it, his ball is so pretty. It is. I mean, that, that is accuracy that will translate to the next level. And that's that's he's the one player in college ball where I've seen where he throws guys open. Like a lot of guys, you can tell. Like I'll see Shea Patterson playing, and he can't throw guys open. He has to have big windows to throw the ball to wide open receivers. He's a college quarterback. That's it. And a lot of dudes are like that. But Burrow, he is not scared to throw it in tight spaces. He's not scared to throw guys open. Not scared to throw it to back shoulder at all and you know he makes his receivers look good he 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 puts his receivers in the best situations to catch the football and i think all season he's proved that he's been the best player he's had probably the best season by a quarterback in college football history he proved why he's the heisen trophy winner he proved why he should be a national champion like he did everything he never he never had a down game he really didn't have a down game like you said all, we talked before he they played auburn they had one of the best defense in the country that was probably like what you consider a down game for him, and they still won the game. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's 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 tough to say anything less than how long you think it'll take before they build a statue for him there at, uh, in Death Valley at LSU. <laughs> well, if you look at the stats, I mean, LSU had one of the great, if not greatest, individual seasons in college football history. They smoked the offensive records, a lot of them. Burroughs threw for 60 touchdowns. Uh, he, I mean, they beat a pretty tough schedule. LSU played some tough teams, you know. This isn't like a lot of these other teams out there. They played a tough schedule. And they beat, well, they had to win against Georgia, right, in the SEC championship game. Yep. Then they had to play Ohio State, who a lot of people thought was the most talented team in the nation. Yep. And then – they had to beat Clemson, who was the returning national champion. So they go what, fifteen and zero, uh, and they, they they did not play it's Ohio just State. Impressive. They, they didn't play Ohio State. Oh yeah, sorry about that. They beat Oklahoma. My yeah, fault. they beat Oklahoma. Yeah, but still, they beat Oklahoma. Right, Ohio State was pretty much the only team in the top ten that they didn't have to beat. I feel like. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, that would have been an interesting matchup, but yeah, but you know, over. Well, you know, 
the thing I wanted to say, though, is I, I truly believe Burroughs was the difference in the game. I mean, with all the talent that was on that field, I mean, Clemson had 160 rush yards and LSU had 165 rush yards. I mean, I, I truly believe Burroughs outplaying Lawrence was the difference. Well, you saw on the one touchdown, if you think the Randy Moss's son, he stood in there and he took a shot in the ribs. And you can tell you it hurt. You know what I mean? But he stood in there and threw a good ball. You know, he's, he's not scared to sit in the pocket and do that. And, you know, he has that aspect of he has the toughness, he has the moxie, you know, he has the charisma to be a quarterback at, you know, at LSU. And just think if LSU would have had their normal, like their normal defense that they've had like the past decade. Their defense, I thought, was down this year and they still dominated everybody, which is crazy. Yeah. So, you know, and it's nice. He's from Athens, Ohio, went down to the Baton Rouge and, you know, found a way to get it done, found a way to get the guys on his team. I think that shows a lot of leadership, and that's uh, now, you know, a lot that I think is going to help him in the NFL at the next level. I wonder, I wonder how hard it is because I, I feel like unless you're from, like, LSU or unless, unless you're from, like, Louisiana, I feel like Louisiana would be one of the hardest places to go if you're from, like, up north to go and, like, try to assimilate to a team. You know, just because, you know, Cajun country – down there, it's just it's different than everywhere else. I thought you could probably go anywhere else in the country and you'd be fine. It wouldn't be a big deal. But if you're if you go to LSU and you're not from Louisiana or Texas, maybe Florida, I feel like everybody's looking at you like you're crazy. Especially some dude from you know Southeast Ohio. You know, <laughs> you know. What yeah, I mean? I mean, it's impressive that he was able to come down there and do that because of Louisiana, LSU. Well, first off, Louisiana has got great high school talent, and LSU gets basically first pick of those. Even though uh, Clemson's uh, great running back they have is from Louisiana, right? ATM, they, uh, yeah. yeah, but they still get most of those guys, and uh, you know it's it's just impressive what he was able to do. Yeah. I know you, uh, Weavy, will be very excited as Bengals fans, I imagine, to. Uh, make this pick. I think it's the worst kept secret in football right now, but <laughs> well, I know earlier in the season I was I was pushing more get Chase Young and two Adams with Dalton, but I think I you know, I think Joe Burrow over the course of the season he's made me a believer. And you know, it takes a lot for a college quarterback to make me a believer. I haven't really been a believer in anybody since probably Andrew Luck and the Colts basically did him dirty by not giving him the offensive line. That's why I worried that the Bengals would do to Burrow. Um because if he's going to come to the Bengals, I want him to be in the best situation to succeed. And I don't know if Mike Brown's willing to do that because he's Mike Brown. So I hope he does. Well, good news, good news for you. Burrow's father, I guess, allegedly said that his son is excited to play for the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. I mean, his father, he's a coach. He knows the game. You know what I mean? So, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to it. And we'll see what happens. You know, they have Joe Mixon and, you know, there in Cincinnati that he can kind of lean on. They have the kid, Jonah, was it Jonah Williams? That was a tackle at Alabama and everything. So they can get the O-line going. They probably get some guys in free agency on defense. You know, we'll see what happens. I think they're going to be uh, drastically improved next year. Uh, they got to figure out the A.J. Green situation, but we can – not to get off topic, but I think with Burroughs there, uh, they definitely have some future. Yeah, I, th- I think they definitely do. They definitely do. They have, they have to be some pieces around, but they're they're not going to be in the cellar league this coming year. I don't think. I think they'll get some wins for sure. 
Don't know if they'll be playoff bound, but I think they'll they'll be competitive. So, yeah, it'll be good. And what do you think about OBJ uh, making yeah. it all about him? <laughs> all about him. It's always got to be all about OBJ. Yeah, well, I mean, he came in and you know came to the locker room. He's passing out cash to the players. And the LSU say, oh, it's fake money. I mean, it wasn't fake money. It was definitely real money that he was passing out to all these kids. But were they just seniors? Was it just guys who weren't going to be playing next year? Or was it whoever was close? You know, to me, if he was going to do that, he could have done it more discreetly, not like right there in the locker room at the next championship where all the cameras going to be there. You know, I think that was just – he could have gone about it differently if he wanted to do it. But – like I said, well, it was I like about him. He was trying to say it was fake money to start, and it's like, wow. Yeah. Talk about insulting everybody's intelligence. Right. And Joe, like, and Joe Burrow's like, nah, man. He's like, that wasn't fake money. He's like, that was definitely <clears> real. He's like, I'm not a student athlete anymore. So, yeah, I took it. And I'm, and I'm fine with it. So, what did, what did they say? They're novelty bills. <laughs> yeah, novelty bills. Like, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, that made no so, sense. I don't know why they try to go that route. But in all seriousness, this is, I think this is a major violation. You oh, know, he's I, handing I, out cash to players for performance. Right. Usually, boosters do that in envelopes at, like, the booster events that they have, you know, secretly. Or it's in their locker room or something. Not, yeah. not out in the open like this. That was just stupid. And I don't know. I mean, he doesn't care because he's not affected by it. You know, he might be banned from LSU for a period of time. Yeah, does he really care about that? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? But that and smacking that security guard on the behind. And then I think it wouldn't have been such a big deal if he didn't kind of <laughs> yell at the guy, too, if you seen he was getting on him. Right. The security guard. It's just like it, it's always OBJ, always in the news, but it's dumb stuff. Like, it's not Antonio Brown stuff. You don't want to get the two confused. Right. Beckham's stuff is just dumb stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. I mean, normally all that stuff doesn't bother me. You know, he's, he's got a little diva in him. You know, I get it. You know, he, he, he has, you know, he wants, he wants his shine. And he has his business he's trying to promote, which is himself. So, I get it. But, yeah, this situation. Did I you say a little bit of a diva? I mean, I was really understating that. <laughs> so yeah, but, so I mean, like that. We can talk about him another time in particular. But you know, all the talent in the world, I hope I see it in Cleveland this year. I just don't know at this point. Well, I know Caden just running around the house. You know, when he's catching the football, always trying to catch the ball with one hand. Oh, OBJ catch the ball like OBJ does it all the time. I'm like, dude, catch the ball with two hands. And I throw it to him, Miller's body. He'll, like, move over and catch it one-handed. And I'm like, dude, you're killing me. Well, like I read, he's the guy kids dream of catching the football, like I've read out there. Right. And he's the guy, you know, he, he can make plays that almost nobody else can. He's in that elite-level Randy Moss-type talent that, you know, you just you see it sometimes. And you really haven't seen him be great for three years. So, I mean, he really needs to hunker down and get the business this year because, you know, you keep hearing he's the best player, best player, but it's been three years since he was uh, that guy. I don't know, man. I've never thought – like I've never been in love with, like, his style of play. Like, he makes great one-handed catches. I'll give him that. But 
He's a five ten dude, five eleven dude. I guess he runs a four four. He's fast, you know. He's well, not, he's he, fast. I mean that that catch against the Jets. He was running over twenty three miles per hour on that touchdown catch with the Jets. I mean that's blazing, but he, blazing fast. He's not he's not Randy Moss category though. Come on, man. <laughs> uh, he's got that kind of talent. I mean, you're a Bengals fan. You've seen that touchdown catch you made against the Bengals last week of the season. That's there true. isn't hardly anybody that can make that catch. See, there's only a few guys that can make that play. Yeah, it was nice. I'll give him that. That was nice for sure. So, so like I said, I just love that the new Browns coach comes in and you're hearing about your receiver handing out money at the national championship game and getting – uh you know, called for to be arrested for smacking a behind. Welcome to Cleveland, Coach Stefanski. It's going to be a fun time. Hope yeah. you're just rent. We'll, we'll see how all that goes. I'll, I'll be interested to see that for sure. So, speaking of the Browns in the playoffs, uh, well, the Browns don't know about the playoffs, but we uh, we placed bets last week for the divisional round. Um, ultimately, our picks split. So, our picks and DJ's picks split. So, Nobody has to pay up on the bet. But DJ did pick Clemson in the national championship. So, you know, he's not here to defend himself right now. He ultimately had to work this morning unexpectedly. But we'll don't to- make excuses for him. He's hiding. He's hiding. <laughs> we'll see. He'll listen to this, and um, I'm sure he'll have something to say next time he's on, which will probably be next week. We'll have to see. But, um, I'm sure that'll be really value added. <laughs> it always is, right? <laughs> <laughs> it always is. So that no man, like going back to those games, um, and the AFC, like Tennessee came out and beat Baltimore. Like I know we both picked Baltimore and Tennessee just came out, they played good defense, and Baltimore got a heavy dose of Derrick Henry. Because Tannehill didn't do much. It was literally the Derrick Henry show. And he came out. He was tossing stiff arms to put people on the big numbers all day. Especially in the uh, he's half. a man amongst boys. I mean, watching him run out there, it's it's ridiculous. 195 was, yards rushing at Baltimore. I wondered how his style would translate to the NFL. Because, you know, you don't almost see running backs that are 6'3", 240-some pounds that run like him. Especially run straight up and down. You know, it's just – you know, you just—you just not the normal size for an NFL running back. So, yeah, I had questions about him coming out of college, particularly after the Trent Richardson disaster. You know, so he—he's uh, just uh, unbelievable runner. I mean, he just dominated that game. And I'll give yeah. a little love to Hill. He only had 88 yards passing, but he did throw two touchdowns and run for one, so he did account for three touchdowns. Hey, so he, he, you can tell he's. Here right there. He's taking that team to the next level where Mariota couldn't. So he you can definitely tell he's a difference maker on their team. Yeah, it, it's amazing how that, I mean, what they trade for him? Some cash and a fourth round pick. Yeah, I, I mean it so. was uh it was, it was a trade of the year for, for sure, in my opinion. Yeah. So you know, and then the Ravens, you know, uh just to briefly touch on them, they scored 12 points. But they had like 565 yards in offense. I mean, it's not like they got shut down. They just – the turnovers, you know, Lamar Jackson had two interceptions. But listen to this. I mean, Jackson had 365 yards passing, 
and 143 yards rushing. Tennessee was literally playing with like five to seven defensive backs at times, chasing him around the field. Right. So, you know, I, you can't completely say, say Tennessee stopped them. What they did is they eliminated the big play that the Ravens are known for, made them try to work the ball down the field, and the Ravens made mistakes. Yep. Overall, yeah, that, that's pretty, that's basically what it was. And, you know, they, they play it Patriot-style football, old-school Patriot-style football, like when Brady first came in the league. That's basically kind of football they played. You know, try to make stakes, play really good defense, and run the ball and control it and can try to control the clock. So they controlled that narrative. They didn't give up big plays, try to make him earn it, try to make him make mistakes, and they did. And obviously it cost him. So I know one of the Ravens, they said that basically they choked. That's one of the, I think it was Humphrey DB for the Ravens said that their team choked in that game. And maybe they, yeah, didn't. they made mistakes. And you know what? The, the Titans, the two wins they've had have been impressive. Yeah. And they remind me of that Steelers team that was a six seed that won the Super Bowl a while back. Like some teams just get hot. Yeah. And the Titans look real tough. I'm not saying they're going to do it, but they've made it to the final four and they're beating people up. Right, exactly. So I mean, it'll be interesting. Now, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but obviously, you know, they're going to play Kansas City because Kansas City beat Houston 51-31. to 31. And Houston, first of all, they did everything, like in the first quarter, everything that could have happened to them, everything, the ball bouncing their way happened. They went down, they scored, then they got – I think they got a turnover, and then they got something else happened. They're up 24 nothing in the first quarter. And then, you know, the Chiefs, they uh, took their, their shot on the chin. They're like, all right, it's time to work. And then they scored 41 unanswered in, like, seven minutes. <laughs> you know? So well, the- four touchdowns in the second quarter, three of them to Kelsey. Right. So, you know, we'll, we'll see we'll see that what happens going forward. I mean, they were impressive on offense. You know, their defense is what it is. You know, they're not great. You know, they don't, they don't cause turnovers. They don't really stop the run. Um, I wonder – overall how they're going to do against Tennessee because Tennessee is going to control, try to control the clock and they're going to try to keep the uh, Kansas City offense off the field and they're going to be able to move the ball because Kansas City's defense is not that good. So I don't know. Well, I, I agree. And I just think, uh, <clears throat> I mean, the Texans defense, Romeo Cornell, he probably hasn't slept since that game. I mean, that you get lit up that quick, that quick. I mean, that game is – it's amazing. And this is where the Chiefs are good. They got that lightning strike offense. They're never out of the game. Right. You know, most are done if they're down 24 nothing. Yep. Now with Patrick Mahomes back there. Yeah, uh, he lit up touchdowns right away. And uh, it, it's going to be – this Chiefs-Titans matchup is going to be a good one. How do you think it's going to be with uh, with Kelsey? Because Kelsey, he hurt a hamstring. And he's obviously a huge part of their offense. Yeah, he's. I think he's the guy that makes them go. I mean, besides Mahomes, you know, they have Tyreek Hill, which they're you know they're double teaming him. But like, really, after that, I mean, Kelsey was getting the ball on the regular, and he has some kind of hurt hamstring. I don't know how it's going to affect him in the game this weekend, though. Yeah, it'll be interesting <coughs> to see what happens because he is basically Robert <coughs> Gronkowski for the Chiefs. I mean, he is their key player. The guy had ten receptions, one hundred and thirty-four yards. And three of those touchdowns in the second quarter. He's kind of a mismatch. Big guy. Guy played quarterback in high school in Cleveland. Uh, and now, you know, seeing him out there just making the plays like he does. I mean, 
he's a mismatch. I mean, he's fast, he's big, uh, you know, and he's one of them guys that's just going to be hard to cover. And they need, they will need him to beat Tennessee. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, I mean, we'll see how it goes, though, man. Like, I'm interested in the matchup. We'll make our picks a little bit, but um, let's go on to the NFC as far as everything here. And San Francisco came out and they, I think they just physically put it to Minnesota. You know, they got the chance for the guys to rest. You know, they're out there. Bosa and friends are all flexing and everything. Sherman had an interception. I'm sure he had the stats on all that. But I thought they pretty much dominated that game. And Minnesota just really couldn't do anything at all. Six sacks. The thing that I like about the 49ers is their throwback. Right. Their offensive line's enormous and just beat you up. Their defensive line's all first-round picks and just dominates the front. Yep. The way they physically beat teams is is just old-school football. Garoppolo isn't lighting the world on fire. You know, he only had 131 yards and one touchdowns, but he don't have to because yeah. of the way they can run the football. Exactly. And they have multiple running backs. I mean, they have Brita or whatever, but they, don't, they have like – they have Coleman. They have what – was it Mostert or whatever? Like, they have three guys that are legit that can – Run the ball, then catch while out of the backfield. They, they they keep coming at you, and they have Emmanuel Seniors on the outside now to make a difference. And it's not just uh, George Kittle, you know, as a as a pass catching threat. So, yeah, I think I think they're gonna be well, tough, man. This is the stat. I mean, you know, think about it. The Vikings have Delvin Cook, who I love. I think he's one of the best backs in the league. Uh, yeah. But, and this is what the uh, new Browns head coach, I might add, came up with. 10 carries for 21 yards for a three-yard average. And Cousins had 172 yards and one touchdown. Boy, I can't wait to get this offense in Cleveland next year. I'm real excited. (laughs) The 49ers, 47 carries, 186 yards, four-yard average. That's just pushing you around. That's winning the battle in the trenches. Yep. And, you know, one thing, I do like Dalvin Cook, but the way he runs, like he's not a really big running back. Like, he puts a lot of abuse on his body, and I don't know if he has the body to take the abuse that he puts on it. You know what I mean? So, I just don't know. I don't, I don't know how long he's going to – I don't know how long he's going to last. That's the only thing. Yeah, but you know what? If you're an NFL team, you're trying to win, you got to ride them. Oh, yeah. And that's sure. what a lot of team backs are pushing back on nowadays. But uh, my thing is just, you know, perform and get paid. You know, that's what you got to do. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. I'm with you there. I'm with you there. And the other game was Green Bay that beat Seattle. <clears throat> Ultimately, the Russell Wilson show had to come to an end. Um, I don't know. I didn't honestly, I'll be honest, I didn't even watch much of the game. I watched part of it. I fell asleep. So This game kind of went how we talked about it would go. Yeah. You know, we thought the Packers would lead most of the game, and then Russell Wilson would do his thing, come back and win the game. What happened is the Seahawks just got down too far. They were down 21 nothing. You know, it's cold out. Uh, they don't have Patrick Mahomes as good as Russell Wilson is. Right. Um, or the weapons. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, Wilson had a good game, 270. Yeah, pedestrian game. You know, it's 277, one touchdown, 64 rushing yards. You know, Rodgers didn't light the world on fire. He had 243 yards, two touchdowns. That's a good game. But it, it was a lot of good defense played in this game. The Seahawks did a lot to get back into the game, but ultimately fell 28-23. But it definitely kind of went how we figured it would. 
Right. Right. So, I mean, that takes us to the AFC Championship next weekend. AFC and NFC Championships next weekend. So, yeah, Tennessee at Kansas City, and you have Green Bay at San Francisco. So, who are you thinking? Who's going to be the picks? Oh, wow. Well, I'm going to go with the NFC first because uh, I know playoff time is different. I know this is the NFC Championship game. But the last time the Packers went out to San Francisco, they got physically abused on national TV. Uh, you know, hopefully they're ready to play this time. But I'm going to say they're not. And I'm going to say 49ers 31, Packers 17. Yeah. Uh, I just – I like the 49ers. Uh, those type of teams are who win. Uh, physical yeah. teams like that up front. Oh, the other game, though, I'm, uh, Titans Chiefs. I'm thinking uh, this 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 one for me is a lot tougher because right. you hate to pick against the Titans the way they've been playing. Right. I think the Chiefs squeak this one out in a shootout at home, forty-five to thirty-eight. Uh, Andy Reid teams normally choke, but I think maybe after twenty-one years of coaching, he might have the team that can get it done. Yeah. So I'm going to go Chiefs 45, Titans 38, and Vrabel will definitely be back. He'll be a great coach in this league for a long time. I got you. Now, for me in the NFC, um, I think I, think, like, I agree with everything you said about the Niners and the Packers. I think the Niners are going to win. I think it's going to be but quite a bit. But, you know, they have that, the massive offensive line, the running game. They're going to control it. They're going to just beat them up, basically. And I think they're going to win, I'm going to say 28-17. Nothing crazy, nothing flashy, but they are going to dominate the game, in my opinion. Now, Tennessee, Kansas City, like I said, Tennessee's hot, man. And I think Kansas City, their defense is definitely their Achilles heel. I think Tennessee can go out there and beat them up. I think they can control the ball. I don't think they're going to mind going in the arrowhead because it's the style of uh, ball that they play. You know, they're going to run the ball, they're going to try to take the crowd out of it, and they're going to try to play good defense. And they're trying to limit the possessions of the Chiefs. So I think that Tennessee is going to win 24 uh, 21 based on the fact that they're going to keep the ball out of Mahomes' hand. So that's where I'm going. And that wouldn't surprise me if it happens. It's definitely uh, the game I'm ready to watch. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I'm, I'm looking forward to it 100%. So, um, all right. Well, we've made our picks. DJ, he might have a. He might uh, send in write-in pics or something like that. I'm sure we'll have some kind of bet to, to say to us over text or whatever. So it'll be interesting to hear his thoughts on it. Um, before we go to the next topic, we're just going to make some picks on the UFC fight, Conor McGregor and Cowboy Cerrone. One talked about uh, Luke Keekley, you know, suddenly retiring. And we didn't – me and you didn't talk about this in the pre, in the pre-show meeting, so sorry about that, Dan. kind of dropping this on you, but – you know, you're seeing more and more players <clears throat> that are, you know, retiring earlier. You know, you know that Keekley had a few concussions the last few years. Maybe that went into his decision overall. Uh, I think as a linebacker, like he's one of those linebackers that's sideline to sideline. Like he's one of those guys when he was in college, he had over 200 tackles a year. Like he's, I think, I think he's the all-time leading tackler in NCAA history. He only played in three years. You know what I mean? So it's crazy numbers he put up when he was at Boston College. He's a Cincinnati dude. He played safety when he was when he went to I think with the Elder, but you know he left the game early, and I'm sure he was looking at his long term future. I mean, he probably you know had everything you know set aside, and you know I think he just knew that 
physically the game was taking it from him. And, you know, linebackers and fullbacks, they take the brunt of a lot of, you know, a lot of those injuries that are out there, especially head injuries. So, I don't know. What do you think about that? Uh, I think it's nice to make as much money as players do nowadays so you can step away at an age like that. Right. I mean, look at the money he's made since he's been out of school. Yep. Um, Look at the money Andrew Luck made. And the Colts still paid him that last year, $29, 30000000 or whatever, even though he didn't play for him. Well, probably uh, his first four years, in the first five years in the league, he didn't have an offensive line running for his life, lacerating kidneys and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's definitely, you know, that, that's part of the game. So I, I think if you feel like you can't play, not everybody, we got to remember, not everybody loves it. A lot of guys have the talent to play there uh, and are there for a paycheck. That's just the reality of it. Right. So, and there are the guys that really want to be great. There are the guys that really love playing. Um, and it's, uh, I think if you feel like you're not healthy enough to play or you feel like the risk isn't worth it any longer, like I think a Megatron, Calvin Johnson up in Detroit, he definitely could still play. He called oh, yeah. it quits. Yeah, for sure. I just think you make enough money now where you don't have to play as long as you uh, as you want. Like a guy like Tom Brady, we may never see that again. You right. know, this. Now I, he's 42 years old. So and he's still playing. That's a guy who wants to be great. You know, he's got the. So, you know, it's just uh, you know, I I can't blame him. I I hate seeing great players retire early because we like watching these guys, and it's better for the game when they're in it. But if they feel like that their health is in that situation where they shouldn't be playing, then uh, that's probably the smart decision. Yeah, I I agree, hundred percent. You know, I feel like it's probably gonna happen more and more. You know, like I said, the guys are getting paid better. You know, they, they feel financially set and they're able to walk away from the game without, you know, putting their bodies through more than what they have to, you know, and they're still of sound mind and everything. Hey, you know, it's it's good. I respect it. He's a great player, but sometimes you got to do what's best for you and your family. And if that's his decision, that's his decision. So, you know, I'm definitely cool with it. And I, just, I, I wonder who's going to be next coming down the line. <coughs> Yeah. It's tough. I mean, was it the linebacker Patrick Peterson? People forget for the 49ers how good he was out of, uh, I believe it was Ole Miss. Uh, Patrick Willis. Patrick Willis retired after what, seven years? Yeah. Uh, at the top of his game. So, I mean, it's uh, it's tough because, you know what, we as us as fans want to see these guys play, you know, especially a guy like Andrew Luck that we felt could have been one of the great ones. Right. Uh, you know, you hate to see him leave the league, but like you said, you know, that between the money they make nowadays and what we know football can do to you from, you know, hits and all that kind of stuff. Right. Although I would argue – that even if you were playing in 1950s, you would know football's not good for you. I would argue that. I mean, okay. obviously, we know it's not good for you, right? Right. <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't see why everybody everybody's suing a league. I mean, if I was a league, I would just come up with uh, – in every contract, I'll say, you know, I – it'll be like a, a waiver or something that says, I understand that what I'm about to put my body through entering this league. 
You know, it's it's no it's no secret that there's chance to get concussions, there's chance to get broken bones, there's chance to get paralyzed, probably chance to get killed when you're playing a sport of football. I mean, that's just the nature of the beast. And they're trying to make rules out there to make it safer, but ultimately football is a violent sport. It's just it's what it is. And guys and I yeah, that's what you're gonna play. You're playing a violent sport where you're gonna go out there and you're trying to hit somebody or you're trying to not get hit. It's just that's what it is. And don't get me wrong, I sympathize with the guys that are struggling since they played. Right. But the way I look at it, and you played, you know, it no one makes you play, right? Right. You, no one is making you play football. And for me personally, you know, what did we play about 20 years ago now? Uh I don't need a study or a brain image to let me know that football is not necessarily the healthiest activity for you, right? Right. So you just, you know, you know, so all these people saying that, you know, they didn't know this. Yeah, we didn't know the details, but if you don't think football is not messing you up, then I really think you need to really reevaluate your thinking on the game overall. Right. Nope, I I agree to there. You know, you know what you're getting yourself into. You, you play it because you love to play it, and that's just that's how it is. So, and we'll we'll talk about this another time too. You know about whether or not kids should be playing the sport and everything because it is violent. It's a violent sport. It's the truth. Is it worth having kids play it or not? I don't know. Well, it's <laughs> the only sport too that like you're really trying to crush the other person. There's no weight classes. You know, you got right. people all sizes running around out there. Right. And we'll definitely have to talk about this with the kids because kids are getting so big now that it's, uh, you know, right. it's, it's getting physical out there. And there's kids that are training to be full players. Like I, I saw some uh, kid that he's a running back. He's training with a coach out on like down in Texas. He's six years old and he's legit. Like he, you can tell you, he has great feet. He's, he can run kids over. He can run away from you. And he's training with like high school and college running backs. It gets crazy the stuff he's doing. <laughs> it, that's just crazy. It really is. <laughs> but but no, man. Um, yeah, let's go to the, the last topic. Conor McGregor's fighting tonight against uh, Cowboy Cerrone. McGregor, he's going through training camp. He, has, he says he hasn't had a drink in over four months. So you're not getting the trash talking Conor McGregor that you normally do. You're getting the humble – praising the opponent, Conor McGregor. I just wonder what it does for him. I wonder, like, because I've never seen him fight like this. He's always been the trash-talking, outspoken guy that's going to shoot his shot, say, here's what I'm going to do, here's what I'm going to do it in, and he goes out and does it. You know what I mean? So I wonder if this is going to affect him mentally getting ready for the fight. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, I think he needs the money. Right. So, I mean, the guy yeah. travels with a 50 person entourage and he lives big, a new diner suit every time he gets the chance. And he probably blows through his money as quick as Allen Iverson did. Right. So I mean, he's lucky he has that whiskey, though. I heard the whiskey that he uh, he founded is doing pretty good. Yeah. You've seen the commercials where he says something stupid and smiles and that's the end <laughs> of the commercial. Well, it's Irish whiskey. He can do that. Yeah, he can do whatever he wants. You know, what do you do? Get a three-fight deal? I mean, it's huge money. Uh, 
I, I think it's good that he said he doesn't he isn't drinking. I, I like his focus because I think we're going to get a lot better fight from him than you had in recent times. Right. Uh, I don't think he's going to beat Cowboy, uh, but you know, fighting UFC, you know, it's a it's a it's a different thing. So right. we'll see what happens. Yeah, for sure. Like I said I'm probably going to get it tonight. Like I said in a little bit, like Kate has a basketball game today, then we're all going out to dinner with the uh, the whole family or whatever. Then I'll probably come back and get the fight. Not really doing anything else tonight, so might as well. So we'll see what's good. And uh, I don't know. We'll discuss everything next week, man. So you guys, anything else? You drop any, drop any kind of knowledge on us that we need to know? <laughs> no, I got nothing after, uh, you know, just uh, go Blue Jackets. Back <laughs> in the playoffs. We'll, we'll get into hockey here soon. I haven't started watching hockey yet. I'm still in football, in football mode. So once that ends, I'll start just watching hockey and – Start paying attention to the NBA. So, so let everybody know the Jackets have the best record in the NHL and most points since December eighth, and currently sit in a playoff spot, which would be an act of God after all the players they lost. It's a great story. Uh, definitely think we should talk about it in the near future. But as of right now, they are back in the playoffs. <laughs> no, most definitely. I look forward to doing it. Might have to try to get there and see them play since they're close. And I don't know, if you come down to Cincinnati, maybe we'll go up to Columbus and watch a game. That'll be a good time. Maybe have a Yeah, we definitely got to get the one. Maybe have a board meeting up there. That's right. <laughs> so all right, man. Hey, I appreciate it. And uh, I said we'll I'm sure we'll talk to you here soon, man. All right. Take care. All right, see you. All right, everybody, it's yours and mine's favorite segment, Relax and Take Notes. And today, I'm going to talk about Marshawn Lynch. He came out of retirement, played for the Seahawks for the last couple games into the playoffs and everything. And, you know, they did lose the game this weekend to uh, to Green Bay. But one thing he said after the game, um, he said, he gave a quote, and it's something that he said in his own way, but it makes plenty of sense. Um, says, you know, hey, all, them, all the young people out there, take, y'all, take care of y'all mentals, y'all bodies, y'all chicken. So when you're ready to walk away, y'all walk away, you'll be able to do what you want to. So it's it's known that Marshawn Lynch has given advice to younger players on kind of how to take care of the bodies, make sure they take care of the money, make sure they, make sure they take care of themselves so that when they're done with the game, they can do what they want and they're not stuck broke having to get a job they don't want to do or whatever it is so he's been preaching that for years in his own way he's been giving back to his community and, you know, I, I suggest following Marshawn Lynch on Instagram or Twitter because he's definitely a good follow um, you know he, he walks the walk he's played well in the league um, I enjoy you know watching him and what he does and I think it's something that people should pay attention to and, um, you know, I just thought it was a good message in that time frame. So, you know, it's good. Uh, we had another show is down. I was glad that Dane was able to come out and help me out on the show. It's always good. Uh, if you want to send any kind of message on social media, hit me up on Twitter French at franchise 1122 or on Instagram at Terrell 11 or on Facebook. Just find me Terrell Cummins. Uh, if you also, if you want to give an opinion, 
leave a voicemail, go out to the Anchor app, find us, uh, Always Relevant Podcast. You can click on the link, you can leave a voicemail, I'll listen to it, hopefully bring it up on the show, talk about it, and see what's good. So, another episode in the books. I look forward to next week. Hope everybody has a good weekend, and I'm sure we'll talk soon. Later.